And I don't have to give thanks for anything. Um, I just start laughing. And the guy replied, yes, you're just like my dog. That's what he said. And while we laugh at a story like that, I think there's some things that unfortunately can be true for you and me at this moment that so often we claim to give thanks to God. We may not say we never give thanks. Our actions often speak louder than our words. The only time we give thanks is around the Thanksgiving dinner table when that's the case. Oftentimes we look to ourselves and say, well, I worked this job, I earned this money, I bought the groceries, I prepared the meal. Look at what happened. Apparently I thanked God for what God had done for me. The passage before us reminds us of the power of thankful praise. Now we only read the first half of this section. The second half goes on to call believers to do certain things in reminding of God's kindness. One way to think about this psalm is that the first half, verses 1 through 10, are a hymn of thankful praise. And the second half, verses 11 through 22, are a sermon calling people to live a certain way reminding them of what God has done for them. So this morning we're focusing on a hymn of thankful praise. If you paid attention to our scripture reading, you'll remember that we read the inscription, that first part of David, as he changed his behavior before Abimelech, that he built a house to Yahweh. In the Hebrew, this is verse 1, and so most believe that these inscriptions are inspired by God, but originally they are a hymn. And they tell us oftentimes the context of the psalm, and this is certainly the case here. How the events of David's life, and they're recorded for us in more detail in 1 Samuel 21, verses 10 through 15. David fled from Saul to the Philistine city of Gath, and the king Achish, whose dynastic title is Abimelech, isn't sure what to do with David. His men tell him, this is David of whom they sing, for Saul has killed his thousands, but David has tens of thousands. David leaves between the lines and realizes, hey, this is not going very well. I could be put to death by my enemies. So he pretends to be crazy, like a madman. Apparently, Achish has enough madmen around to say, I don't know, that might be your intention as well. Now, instead of thinking of this as human creativity, Psalm 34 reminds us the situation is an example of God's provision. God was the one who provided for David in this way. Thankful praise is what you and I need here at the end of 2020 in a year when we say nothing like we thought it would be because of what the news was. Here in the psalm, we see three truths about thankful praise. The inevitability of thankful praise, the reason for thankful praise, and the benefit of thankful praise. First, the inevitability of thankful praise. In verse 1, David begins, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continue. 
bless the Lord means to praise Him and to declare Him as the all-powerful one. It's really the idea of worship. And in all contexts, based on God's work in David's life, then we see thanksgiving. And therefore, we should summarize it as thankful Notice that David doesn't say, I'm always blessed by God. Or I'll consider blessing the Lord when I get time and, and when other things go down. No, he says, I will. There's no question about it. It's simply inevitable for David to offer thankful praise to God. Especially in response to God's deliverance. All throughout the Psalms and even in other parts of Scripture, we see For example, Psalm 75, verse 1 says, We give thanks to you, O God. We give thanks. For your name is near. We repent for your good deeds. Psalm 100, verse 4 says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. Psalm 107, verse 8 says, Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love. They have won his blessing. Do you 
didn't stop regularly until spring time. It wasn't an average day. But Franklin was just as proud and thankful as they were. It was a joy to sit and watch Jesus Surely they were not just rejoicing in Franklin. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Franklin Island is not meant to be driven in solitude. Yes, we should praise God in our prayer closet by ourselves, but we should also do so corporately. The most natural place for thankful praise to proceed from our lips is in corporate worship, where we are gathered together. It's good for us to hear one another sing praises to God, to read His Word together, to confess our faith together. Corporate worship is good for our health in Franklin. Now, I know we're in the midst of a global pandemic. We need to be thoughtful. But at the same time, we need to worship God that enables many of our folks to want to watch and pray. The most vulnerable needs to be spoken about. We don't need to get There's a very simple direction that God says that we gather together to worship Him. We need to take advantage of the ordinary means of God's grace to grow in our faith. Praising God together is what you and I were created to do. It's what we would do for eternity in Christ. And we have to together praise Him together. There's a need for us to have a fellowship of faith in God. A fellowship of faith. One day back in the 1700s, Pastor John Middleton had his neighbor burst into his office at the College of Virginia. His neighbor, all out of breath, came and said, Dr. Witherspoon, you must join me in giving thanks to God for his extraordinary providence in saving our island. As he calmed down and caught his breath, the man proceeded to tell the story. He was driving his horse-drawn buggy into town, when all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the horse stinks. His buggy crashed. see the second truth of thankful praise. The reason for thankful praise. Here David lays out why God is worthy of taking our praise. Look at me at verse 5. David says, I sought the Lord and He answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Then down in verse 6, it says, This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him. concise summary of the event at Gath. He sought 
have entered into what was described as hope. David's reflecting back on what happened and how God saved him in his life and in his heart. Perhaps David went to Jephthah and he could serve as a mercenary uh, in the army of the Philistines. We don't know exactly why he was appointed to that job. But Achish still had to over that kind of parlay against well-known Philistines and to commit to them. Yet not only does the king let David go, he sends him This week I came across a New York Times article entitled, The Election is Over, But Not the Throne. Any edibles left? One lady had this to say, The panic, the anxious feeling, it had all been too much. I knew I was only going to get worse and sadder. The article went on to say this, For many people across the United States, help came in the form of money bags, cookies, chocolate, and gel capsules, all infused with the dose of cancer allocated to food election day And while nationwide sales information is hard to come by, companies that specialize in edibles said sales of eight in the week leading up to the election. I was thinking about the idea that people need help, and in our world, they're turning to all sorts of places, including candidates. Notice David doesn't look to himself and say, look at how great I was. Why did it not No, he gives all the credit to God. God alone is sovereign. In what ways has God delivered David from any backlash? Coming to the end of 2020, it can be easy for us to focus on the difficulties of life. Perhaps for you, the difficulties have been financial. Maybe it's been more health struggles. You used some acupuncture this year, and nobody knows what it is. And that's okay. Maybe you've had a rough life. Maybe your struggles are more emotional or mental, feeling isolated and lonely in the midst of this pandemic. Maybe you just have that lot of pandemic fatigue. C.S. Lewis said, God whispered to us in our pleasures, speaks in our sorrows, but sighs in our pain. It is his megaphone to drive a deaf mind. We should give God thanks and praise even for the trials in our life. Not that we go seeking them for their own sake, but because we know God is using them to push David, we would do well to name them specifically. Maybe you would 
as a family this week around the Thanksgiving table take time to thank God specifically for how he's delivered you and God is still at work in your life. Maybe you make a list on your own and write down specific things that God has provided for you and delivered you. God is great at this. In verse 4, we see that God delivers both faith and then by David says, I sought the Lord, and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. God didn't just deliver him from his situation, but also from his fears. You see, fears connected to future dangers and possible enemies. So for God to deliver from the situation itself is one thing, but for him to deliver from fear is a much
seen the inevitability of thankful praise, the reason for thankful praise, and lastly now, the benefit of thankful praise. There are implications for us as we offer thankful praise to God for the gifts that He has given us. In verse 8, David says, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in Him. One of the benefits of thankful praise is that we tend to see the goodness of God. In other words, we experience what He's done in history of us. Now we could praise Him for this and very quickly see that He is good, but also as we do that, it will overflow into experiencing His goodness. It reminds us that the Christian life isn't just about knowing things about God. We can know a lot about Him, but never really we can be around the things of God and never taste and see that He is good. There's a scene in the television show Parks and Recreation where one of the characters, Ben Wyatt, is getting ready for his wedding. And he wants to have a caterer, and so he invites the three top caterers in the town, Pawnee Indians, to come to him and pray for him. And he has three of his friends to be a panel of judges to decide how the Nevada's talking about this panel of the three friends, he says, Chris and Becky. Ron does meat. And Tom considers himself to be a foodie, which apparently means taking Instagram pictures instead of eating, which he probably would have taken pictures of anyway. How often are we at the house or in the church that we are at? We're around the food, the blessings of God, but we never actually taste and see that God is good. We never experience His goodness. We can do well to slow down and really slow your brain down and have a taste of and see that the Lord is good. What David has done is let the past bother us and let the future bother us. The main blessing of thankful praise is not a lesson about David closes the first half of the chapter this way by saying, The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall find great reward. He will give us everything that we need in this life. He will not leave us lacking. If there's something we need, He will give it to us. What are these benefits together combined to give us Assurance of God's love and goodness and assurance of our salvation. To this effect, Joel Watts Davis says in his commentary, Do you see the trajectory of life? What begins in prison ends up in eternity. So often the two go hand in hand. We praise because Yahweh ought to be praised and thanked and blessed. But that praise tends to spill over into the often empty buckets of our hands. And praying that we have a perspective of gratitude. How comfort and encouragement that is for you and me here 
you enter the last time, the first book of your Bible, sometimes you can find that prayer unanswered. May your thankful praise lead to assurance, and may your assurance lead to that confidence. Let us avoid Spirit, enable us 